Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And uh, I know many of you were probably just waiting uh, with your, your phone, tablet, laptop, whatever, last night at 10.05. You're going, where the hell are these guys? Um, so that's totally my fault. My fault. Um, just lack of uh, technology, shall we say. Um, in any case, great to have everybody in and uh, everybody that's joining us live tonight. I mean, it's Friday night. Like, you guys got anything better to do? I mean, you already sit around and listen to us on a Thursday night at 10 o'clock. So, I mean, come on. Uh, let, let's be real here. But uh, in any case, glad to have you along. And uh, uh, Steelers pick up a, a <laughs> huge win last week. I mean, Offense was uh, uh, pretty pretty awful for for what fifty nine minutes basically. Um, fifty eight. Give them a little credit. Okay, yeah, that's true. They had to actually make the drive. Yeah, um, yeah good a good solid portion of the game, and uh, the two rookies connect to to give the Steelers a thirteen uh, ten win and keep those long playoff hopes alive. Um, and uh, that's that's still where they are now. They're going to be playing. Baltimore Sands Lamar Jackson for the second time. Uh, we'll get that, dive into that. We'll dive into uh, our thoughts on, uh, uh, on, of course, what was a very cold, cold night. Uh, Christmas Eve in Pittsburgh honoring uh, Franco Harris. Um, and we'll do some uh, 2023 resolutions as well, our, our Steelers resolutions, if you will, as we get near New Year's. And... Um, um, uh, of course, just talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. Um, good evening, Burner. You see, he is in here, and please jump on in in the comments. Anybody else that is there? If not, no worries. Uh, so it's uh 10 to 6. The Steelers get the ball, Ryan Scarpino. And if you were a betting man, which I know you are, how did you feel about their chances of scoring a touchdown? Um, since they, and this is one thing I want to make perfectly clear that the Raiders defense is trash <laughs> garbage. And I've said on the show that the Steelers defense is hot garbage. Multiply that by a hundred and you got the Raiders defense. So <laughs> wow. No, they're 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 bad. And okay. despite all the shortcomings the Steelers had for like we talked we just had 58 minutes and 30 seconds. Um when they got the ball, I absolutely thought they were going to make it interesting. Yeah. Um but I and this is a this is a credit to Pickett. I thought I didn't know, necessarily know if Kenny had what it took to get those first couple throws out, you know what I mean? Like once yeah. they got the, once they crossed midfield, I was like, yeah, they're probably going to score a touchdown here. Um, but I think most important was the first couple plays of that drive. Um, Pickett keeping it alive with his legs and then connected yeah. with Muth a couple or Muth a couple times, Muth, uh, Muth a couple times. Um, so, I definitely suspected that they were going to make it interesting. And I just want to say this. If they didn't win that game, what an embarrassment that would have been. Like, I mean, they were – it was bad. The, Steel, the Raiders' defense is terrible. The Steelers' defense did what it needed to do. And Derek Carr was just as bad. Um, but I definitely thought they were going to make it interesting. Mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah, they're got the, they're got a point when you were just like, especially with the cross midfield. I was like, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna win this game. Like, yeah, this is definitely yeah. gonna happen. Ian, what were you thinking? <laughs> so I have to tell the story of how I experienced this game because this game was probably unlike any game I have experienced just in how I went through it. So okay. uh, being from a large Italian family, uh, we've always done the Feast of the Seven Fishes thing on Christmas Eve. Yep. So we were up at my parents' house, which is about an hour away. Um, you know, it was about five degrees outside and there was more snow coming down than I had expected there to be, you know? So we left my parents' house right around when I was expecting to like, you know, seven fifteen, seven thirty. I was like, all right, I'll make it home in time for kickoff. Well, you know, uh, the roads are a little hit and miss, especially when mm-hmm. it's snow and five degrees and, you know, everyone's taking a little bit cautious, which is good, but yeah, you know, yeah. we got home probably about eight 45 and Ooh. I knew I had the game, you know, well, I have YouTube TV, so DVR doesn't DVR. matter. You just turn it on and hit play from start, right? Yep. So by, by the time I got the kids in bed or the car unpacked, you know, the food that we brought home in the fridge, all that stuff, it was it was probably close to, to 9 o'clock-ish. So I was a good, you know, quarter and a half behind. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. I'll play from the beginning. I'll fast forward through the commercials. We'll catch up to this thing by half. And, 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 and to preface, you, you had also avoided the communications that, that us – may have been having yes but, yes yeah, i okay. was not apologies Ian. i was no right. no i right. i was driving so my wife took my phone away she's like you're not checking your phone you need to focus on driving who's this asshole scarpeta <laughs> this guy didn't shut up this guy won't leave me alone <laughs> well and the funny thing is like we we're listening to christmas music in our car but yeah. because like my phone is bluetooth connected to like the stereo in the car right we're using my phone to play music but also every time i get a text message it pops <laughs> up on the little screen like text message from ryan scarpino like, who are these people i'm like it's about hit ignore i don't want to know you know so so i get home i catch up to the game by halftime and my two oldest boys who are nine and 11 were serving at midnight mass they had to be there at 11 o'clock Okay. And my worst fear going into this game was that it was going to be close at like 1045 and I was going to have to drive them to church and miss the end of the, of an exciting game. Oh, right. Yeah. I, and I, I just knew the way the Steelers have been this season. I was like, these assholes are going to keep this game close and they're going to have a chance at the end. And I'm either going to have to get my kids there late or miss the end of the game and watch it when I come home. So, or, you know, the, but the first half went really fast. I was like, oh, yeah, we got a shot at like getting this done before 11 o'clock, you know, and, and we live three minutes from church. Like I can, you know, it's right there. So I'm like, you know, I, there, we've got a shot at this, right? And then the third quarter takes forever. I'm like, oh, crap. So I get, I wake my kids up, you know, at, at probably like 1030. I'm like, all right, get up, you know, get dressed. We got to go. And I'm, I'm, standing there watching the game i'm like Shit, this game's close like oh this is bad like oh man this is my worst fear is happening right yep. so two minute warning hits and it's like 10 to 10 to 11 and i'm like all right guys get in the car we're driving there right now so i drive them to church drop them off at the front door i put the game on the radio at this point i, I think i missed like one or two plays i drop them off at the front door pull into a parking spot pull out my phone and pull up my youtube tv app and i sit yeah. there in my car and watch the end of the game on my phone in a church parking lot 
<laughs> and I'm sitting there screaming at my phone in the church parking lot, and I'm like, and I'm like, yep, this you, is totally did, normal, you know. Did you actually get to the correct church though? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay, yes, yeah. yeah I, I would have been just looking for any church. Would have been like, I gotta watch the game. I yeah, yeah I could have well, the, the boys had my kids to, off anywhere. And, yeah, and really, I mean, they had to get there to prep to serve mass. Like mass didn't start till midnight, so I was like, even if this right. game goes to overtime, I'm fine. I got time. Yeah. Right? Time yeah. is not the issue. It's getting them there at eleven o'clock so they can get dressed and get everything set up and all that. So I was like, all right. So yes, I was sitting there in my car screaming at my phone, like George Pickett's got a touchdown. You know? Um, yeah, but I was. Uh, throughout the whole game as I was watching it, I really got shades of the Miami game early this year where oh, they yeah. they gave up a big drive to start the game. The defense kind of got carved up, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a long night. These guys, these receivers are running wide open, you know? Yep. And then the defense kind of locked it down. The other team's quarterback started making some mistakes, throwing some interceptions, all that stuff. And, like, you know, we, we our offense wasn't really doing anything, just like the Miami game. Um, but the the defense was hanging on by a thread it felt like to kind of keep them in it right that you know honestly that holding penalty or the face mask penalty on foster moreau probably saved the season like oh my god yeah um and they didn't call and i just want to say they didn't call anything all night (laughs) they did not and that incredible official saw that and i and i and i and i joked on the on the on the on the group chat that we have like it's rigged it's scripted <laughs> i'm just listen i'm i'm i just want to make this clear what a great moment for franco r.i.p and his family because that game should not have been that close like they should have beaten that team by 10 points and 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 that's no disrespect to the raiders i'm just saying that like the steelers should have beaten that team by that i mean Boswell missed a couple field goals. It's yep. what it is. I wouldn't yeah. have sent him out there in some of those opportunities. Yeah. But no, I wouldn't have either. But man, that penalty. You're right, Ian. That penalty on the Raiders huge, huge, on huge. on the biggest the biggest play. Because the other, that's the other thing too, is that is that all week I saw oh the Steelers held the NFL lead, the NFL's leading rusher to 45 yards or whatever it is. He had about 30 on that play and it got called back. Yeah. So. You know, again, you know, it's it's what it is, but that's just another another thing that could have made this a really really bad night. But yeah. it's not the way it unfolded. Yeah, no, and, and, and Ryan, honestly, I was a lot like you were. I I thought they were going to make it interesting. I didn't have any inclination to say that he was going to score or anything like that. I felt like it was going to be one of those where, like we the get Miami down, game, we drove down but couldn't yeah. punch it in. Absolutely. And that, that's what I kept kind of seeing. Um, I, I think once once Muth made that big play, then I started thinking, holy shit, I think we can do this. I, I think I think there's a chance. Ian. And we got a couple favorable officiating calls too with the two the two reviews on the final drive that both went our way. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm sitting there watching it on my phone, right? So I'm like trying right. to look at something this big, but I'm like, I don't know. Especially the Najee one. I was like, I think he had like I mean it hit the ground, but it was between his legs and the ball didn't move. I don't know how they're yeah, but I'm not gonna complain that about was it. A huge plus for the Steelers. That was a huge plus. Yeah. yeah. Like, there yeah. Were, and, they they and, got some calls at the right time. I'm yeah. not going to deny it. And I'll be honest, I mean, like when when we 
when we stalled out with about four minutes left and had to punt the ball back to Oakland or Vegas or whoever the hell they are, the stupid Raiders. Um, Los I, Angeles. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. They when, got three teams now. When, when we had to punt the ball back with about four and a half minutes left, I thought we were screwed. I thought that was it. I was like, they're going to run the clock out. Like, cause I mean, Josh Jacobs was one of the league's top rushers or was the league's leading rusher. And I mean, both teams had either idiotic game plans or just idiotic play calling. I don't know what it is, but Josh Jacobs, one of the leading rushers in the league, had 15 carries. Yes. Najee Harris had 16 carries. Yep. Kenny Pickett attempted 39 passes, and Derek Carr attempted 30. And that's not even counting like the called pass plays that turned into runs or were sacks. Or I guess Kenny wasn't and, and, sacked, but Carr got sacked three times. So yeah. Oh, like, by both, the way, it was below zero basically in yeah. terms of the real feel. Right. Um, You've got but, yeah. like it's five degrees outside with 21 mile an hour winds and you know, a, a below zero wind chill and you're throwing the ball 40 times a game, both like both teams threw the ball 40 times basically. And, and yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm an old school guy. So when I read something the next day about Josh Jacobs being pretty pissed off in the locker room afterwards and, and you know, that was a situation I could not blame that poor guy one bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, they completely abandoned him. There's no reason they should have. Um, and he had every right to be pissed off. And, and I, you know, we, we see that now all too often in the NFL. It, it, it's become such a passing game that um, they, they just get away from the run. And, and you're right. Your point about Pickett throwing the ball 39 times. I, I mean – if, if there was, and I tweeted this, if there was one game where you drafted a running back in the first round, it was that game Saturday night. Yeah. And you know what? Jalen Warren is good in situations, but yep. don't give me that bullshit toss play on fucking fourth down or whatever yeah. it was with Jalen Warren. If I'm going to go out, I want to go down swinging with my number one draft pick, not the fucking undrafted guy. No disrespect to either one. No, I know what I'm you mean. just saying, like, Run Najee should have had 30 carries, and if he went 30 for 93, I would have lived with that because that's what the bus did for, for the latter part of his career. <laughs> and we all fucking love the bus. Yeah. So what's wrong with that? Yeah, no, so, I, so what yeah. Ryan is saying is both teams had a running back, they drafted number 24 overall out of Alabama, and both teams gave they're running back, well, 15 carries for Jacobs and 16 carries for Naj and decide to throw the ball 40 times. Wow, that's a crazy stat right there. 24 <laughs> out of Bama. I, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, I'm just saying. It is it is what it is. No, I I, I think it's just the, the, the way of the league. I, I, I see this every week. Teams just completely say, screw the run. We're just going to win the game throwing the ball. And some do, and some don't. Um, instead of relying on the run. Are we done with last week's game? I just want to... Well, the, the last thing I did want to talk Sorry, about... Sorry, still, Dad. I just no. I wanted to... I have, a, I have a thought, but I don't want to... Go ahead. Yeah, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about just was uh, the, the ceremony for Franco. Um, you know, there are other organizations that put a lot of, I guess you'd call it fluff, pomp and circumstance, whatever, when they do these things. The Steelers have always been... Very straightforward. Look, this is what we're doing. We're going to set up some chairs here for former players or coaches that want to be there. 
boom, there it is. Uh, we're we're going to say a few words and we're going to be done. And and granted, in the NFL, you're dealing with like a 10-minute halftime, so it, it, it's pretty quick. Um, but overall, I, I thought they did well. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know how your, your emotions could not have been tugged uh, watching Franco's uh, uh, wife there and his son. And, oh, my God, I mean, the guy was, was just, you know, as alive as any of us just days before. Um, you know, uh, so, Ian, what, what were, was your take on that real quick? Yeah, and it was – I actually thought, you know, to, to his credit, for as much crap as I've given him over time, like yeah. Art did a great job yep. of – like sort of managing it all and you know i don't want to say it was weird to see him show emotion but we always talk about how art's a businessman and to come out and you know like really it was it was very emotional for everybody and you know to to their credit too you know the steelers recognize i think how much franco meant not just to you know steelers fans but to the city as a whole for everything Mm -hmm. that he did and you know that them having an open viewing for Franco's, you know, casket at Heinz Field with free parking and free admission. I mean, those shouldn't be over. Like, you know, they were like, "Hey, whoever wants to come, pay their respects," because we know how much he meant to the city. Yeah, um, very know, classy move. And, and I think yeah. what you what you said was right that you know to to do everything in because you know halftime's 12 minutes but by the time you get everyone out there and then you got to oh, get God. them off for warm-ups yeah. you have like eight minutes to get yeah. something done and it's yeah they they did a they did a really nice job you know especially considering the circumstances that they were respectful and celebratory of his accomplishments while also you know mm-hmm. obviously um you know paying homage to the the wonderful life that he led and how much he meant to both the city and the team yeah, and and I was I was happy with the crowd. I, I was really really afraid that it was just going to be awful attendance. And and don't get me wrong, there were a lot of fans dressed as yellow, uh, excuse me, gold seats, especially um, in the upper sections. In the but upper they didn't sections, show them that much. right? But but you know the crowd that was there, I thought they did a great job considering everything that was going on. Ryan, you know you've you've sat through some of those things before, probably helped organize some of those things before. What what did you take from that? Uh, yeah, Ian, I, I agree about the arts emotion. I, you know, I've, I've seen art many, many, many times and, uh, uh, you know, art definitely had some emotion. Um, and, and you're right. You don't see that a lot. Art was born in 52. Uh, Franco was born in 50. Mm-hmm. So they're basically like around the same age and like art. Incredible. So basically art would have been like in college when they drafted Franco. So like there's, there, there's some, there's, there's depth there. Um, now the other thing I want to say too is, um, and I know people were pissed because if you were watching at home, you, they basically cut away from like the montage or whatever, um, into like an Intel commercial. And oh like, yeah. Yeah. So, so, by no means is the NFL network disrespecting Franco. So Steelers fans are mad about that. Like, I just, I just want to say this about, about Franco's death. It was literally like, it was the main thing on, on, on football networks, the whole, since it happened afterwards, two former presidents tweeted about him. Like, like, it's not like, like this dude was a big deal. The other thing I want to say too, is they had this, uh, 
they had a timeline, right? And a timeline is everything in an NFL game. Yeah. They had a timeline built based on Franco getting his jersey retired while he was living. And I yeah. know that sounds grim, but the no, fact I know what you he, mean. The fact that he passed away, like that did throw a curveball into a variety of things. Um, you know, all the events they had planned with Franco. I mean, like there was just so much that happened that they had to audible. Yeah. Um, and they did. And so like, for those that are like, all oh, the NFL networks disrespectful. And I, there was a lot of people on Twitter that were pissed off about that. And I get why they were mad, but right. the NFL and the NFL network, which is the league's network, they're not intentionally doing that to disrespect Franco in any way. So overall, I thought, I thought they did the best that they could with the time that they were allotted, given the fact that they weren't scheduled to do a Jersey retirement slash, eulogy and right. i and i mean that in the most respectful way absolutely well and who, who credit was... to the credit to the steelers twitter account for tweeting out the video that they yes, showed they did the yeah video. they got it right on too yeah um who was the last person it wasn't mean joe somebody else was was honored maybe it was the the anniversary of, of one of the super bowl teams where whatever network it was they showed basically none of the ceremony and and i want to say it was probably um, ESPN or NBC because they have the prime time game Sunday night, Monday night. But um, I, I, it was one of those, and I remember thinking to myself, "Okay, you can't get mad. It's it, it's it's a it's a big league. There's a lot of these things that happen. You know, you don't want to put too much on um, the Steelers." But at the same time, I just remember thinking, "This is this sucks. I want to watch this." Um, so you know, I I, I get it. I, I do. Was it the? Uh, I'm I'm guessing it was probably the 40 year anniversary. I think of the that's what it was. Ian. Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, and and by the way, I was thinking today is next season the 15th anniversary of the 08 team. Yeah. Is my is my yeah. My yeah, God. But you know what? They didn't make a big deal out of this year being the 90th season for the team. We we talked about that privately. Very little. Chat. Yeah, they very didn't, little. They didn't even mention it. This is the 90th year because I was there for the 80th year. Yeah. And that was Much a bigger big, deal about that. That was a big yeah. deal. They unveiled the Bumblebee jerseys. And yeah. here, here to my panel and everyone out there, do you know who the representative was? Which Steelers player donned the Bumblebee jersey? Shut up, Ian. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking with you. Do you know who I'll tell you a story about it in a second. Okay. Yes. Do you know who it was? I do know who it was. Go ahead. Because he wore the number of the year the Steelers were founded. Correct. It was it was Isaac Redman. Isaac Redman. Who wore 33, yeah. And the and if, if anybody's watching, everybody's watching, including Richie Walsh who was at WPXI at the time, Isaac Redman was getting changed for the for the Bumblebee jersey yeah. in the Heinz Field Club restroom, and nobody knew what the announcement was because we had not shown the throwbacks yet. Like, it was very it was very secretive. Yeah. And Rich walked into the bathroom, <laughs> and I was standing there, and, like, and I was like, I was like, Rich, you can't go to the bathroom right now. Like, get, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Um, and Isaac was like, what was that? I was worry about it. Um, was Isaac yeah. in a stall? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it wasn't like out in the open, but it, right, was just, right. like, it was like, Richie, you probably have to take a piss, but you can't do that right now. Like you need to go out of the restroom, you know? That's funny. 
And I'll uh, never forget. I'll never forget that because it was no disrespect to Isaac Redman, but it was Isaac Redman. Like, right, like that's choice. how bad that 2012 yeah. team was. Right. Like, not even Roethlisberger. Like, I look back on that. I'm like, what the fuck were we thinking? Like, and I was way too young in the business to ask that question. But yeah. like, I understand Mike Wallace. No, because he was in. He held out. But like, you still had Ben. Um, Brett Kiesel had was on that team. Kiesel. Kiesel. Uh, um, was Paul Amalu on that team? Yes, Troy, yes, Troy, Troy yes. was still there. And yeah. maybe, but maybe they were thinking like those guys were going to be around a long time. But then Isaac Redmond. Yeah. I, I always, I always thought it was the thirty-three because nineteen thirty-three was the year they were founded. So. That's what I would. Or it was a slight Demenden Hall who was a total turd. <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody out there is listening and wants to know a little bit more about Richard Mendenhall, let me know. Oh, Speaking I, of turds, do you have any Najee Davenport stories? <laughs> the dump he truck. was there before I worked there. Ah, I do know ah, about his closet exploits. I'm just going to say. <laughs> By uh, the way, the, speaking of throwback yeah. stuff, how good did those yellow end zones look? My goodness, oh, that was amazing. Oh, my God. Yellow end zones and the block jerseys. We need to do that full time. My heart was a flutter, man. That was, a, I, that was I amazing. Mean, and I and I I think you guys uh, commented on it, and, and Hall of Famer Rick had uh, I don't know where he got it, but he he posted a, an aerial photo uh, from above uh, Heinz Field, Akersh or whatever the hell. And oh man, what that was so cool seeing that. Um, and I, I, as you know, I'm a big proponent of bringing the block numerals back. I will never get off of that soapbox. Uh, but it, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, just real quick to Big Ben's uh, burner's point here about surprise Ben didn't show up. Um, I think, number one, the ceremony itself, it, it was pretty much reserved just for members of that 72 team. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't know if Ben was at the, the uh, funeral at the visitation. I, I don't know if he attended that. I know some players did, um, but, you know, so I, I'm, I'm not going to lay judgment one way or another on why he was or wasn't there. But, um, you know, and, and I also understand, too, that, that you know, Ben's of a different generation, too, uh, than Franco was. And and maybe, you know, maybe they just they, they did things differently. I, I, I don't know. But that's all I can come up with as far just, as that goes. Just one final thing about Franco. Yeah. Uh, um, they did. They did the viewing for Dan Rooney at Heinz Field. It's Heinz Field. It's Heinz Field. Yeah. They did the. They did the viewing at Heinz Field as well. Similar circumstances. So that that proves how much Franco meant to the city as well. And yeah. And I, and I said this on last week's show. Um, you know, during my many car ads with Dan Rooney, we we talked about Franco and and that and him not re-signing um, was one of Dan Rudy's biggest regrets. So you're right. I remember hearing about that. I, I remember reading that in the book um, when he was talking about that. And um, yeah, it, it, it's, this is a business. At the end of the day, this is, this is a game we all love, but it's still a business. And, and there are decisions that you have to make as a, an owner, a GM, a coach that, um, you, you probably know you're not going to like going forward, but you still have to make them because of the business aspect. And, and yeah, that was, that was definitely one of them um, for sure. But so somebody made the point that, you know, about Franco 
I mean, how, how many cities have a football player as the first thing you see when you 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 walk off your airplane? You know, and and there's Franco. I, I mean, and, and there's some truth to that. I, I just think it's a great, great thing. I think it's part of what makes Pittsburgh unique. Yeah, makes the Steelers unique, and um, you know, so I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, what do you got? George Washington crossing the Delaware. Yeah, yeah. Next to Franco Harris catching a fucking football. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I, I mean, a- listen, I'm just saying. That's there a big a fucking comedian. deal. <laughs> there was a stand-up comedian a while back that did a whole bit on like the the George Washington Franco Harris comparison, and it was amazing. There would have it, to be. It was it was it was, it was so good. He's, you know, he's like George Washington led the Continental Army. What about Franco's Italian Army? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, as a, as a kid from Pittsburgh, I'm just saying, no disrespect to George Washington. That's right. But I'm gonna take Frank as Italian army. You damn saying, straight, man. All right. <laughs> damn straight. Yeah. Um just and, real quick, uh yeah, let me remind everybody that uh we are part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. Very proud to be part of that, by the way. They do a great job with us. Um, and of course, we are part of the official sports betting partner of the NFL, which is DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $500 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only. A $500 bet? Did you read that correctly or is that $5 bet? No, five. Okay. Place a $5 bet. Okay. If I read it wrong, then I'm already drunk. Uh, (laughs) On any NFL team to win their game, get $150 in free bets if they do only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. All right. And you were going to say something. Yeah, I made this point last week. I'll make it shorter this week. But seeing the Franco ceremony kind of drove it home for me. They need to start retiring some more of these numbers that like seeing these guys from the 70s come out with, you know, canes and walkers and like they're getting old like that. These guys are getting old and, you know, playing football takes a toll on your body and. You know, it is what it is. But, yeah, like, you know, I said last week that the Steelers have been very conservative about the numbers they've officially retired over time, even though they've soft retired a bunch of numbers that they're basically never going to hand out again. But they need to start making it official. I I do want to point out, too, that that Brad was in Pittsburgh this week uh, for Franco's services. And um, I know a lot of people – Wondered about that because he hasn't had the best relationship with with Pittsburgh, the, the city, the fans, the coaches, the ownership, everybody at times. And uh, it was great that he was there. And, um, I, you know, people might say, oh, he's just doing that because he knows his number's coming up. Eh, maybe. I don't know. You maybe. Know, I'm just glad he was there. Agreed. And 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 I also think that the fact that he was he was kind of critical of 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 Big Ben um especially during the times when it was appropriate to be critical of big Ben that's that Steelers fans got a little pissed off about that. But I agree exactly what you're saying, seeing those guys out there and, and they're listen, man, we're only getting older. (laughs) Like, you know, I know know that sounds grim, but we're only getting older. So, so, you know, your, your Lambert's, your hams, your blunts, yeah. your fucking Bradshaw is like. Hey, let's I'm telling get you right a, now, 
Let's get Mel, Mel Blunt still looks like he could whoop the shit out of anybody. <laughs> he does. He has never not looked that way. Million percent. Like I mean, I, I can. I just can't get over it. Every time I see him, he's seventy, right? He's got to be seventy. He got to be right around there. I mean, yeah, I agree. Like that dude would. Like I, I first time, first time I ever met. He's me, seventy four. Seventy-four. He's seventy-four. Yeah, he was born in nineteen forty-eight. So yeah. Remember all the Chuck Norris jokes and everything. He's yes. that new guy. He's the I new agree. guy that would just whoop the shit out of anybody, as far as I can tell. You know, like first time I ever met me and Joe Green, and like that was like a surreal moment. I never got starstruck, but it's like it's it's Joe Green. I felt oh, like I was in, I felt like I was in my own Coca-Cola commercial. Oh you my know? god! And I said, I said. Mr. Green, nice to meet you. I'm Ryan. He goes, he goes, call me Joe. I said, okay, Mr. Green. Um, Cause I thought he was going to mean Joe punch me in the face. But the point is, the, but like the point is I'm so grateful. I worked there when I did. Sure. But those guys, even the Troys and the Heinzes and the Benz couldn't fucking hold a candle to those seventies dudes. And when I'm 70, I'm going to feel differently. I'm going to say Troy and Ben and Heinz. Yeah. They were so much better than these other dudes. Oh, right that's, now. Natural. And that's fine. And that's just the way it is. But like, yep. I agree Ian and, and steal dad and, and Ben, if you're still out there watching, instead of being on your date, you should be on the date. No okay? shit. What the I hell mean, are you I doing, mean, us what kind of date is that but the point is they should retire these jerseys while they can and i know they they quietly retired them or whatever you want to say but let's just make it official because those dudes are the reason the steelers are what they are right now yeah and it should be 12 58 59 47 should be the next four 52 52 yeah 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 Yeah. I, I would do the other four first and then Webby fifth, but that's just me. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree, but I think yeah. in my book, when you look at his body work, he's got to be one of those. Oh, absolutely, yeah, know. yeah. I, I don't I don't yeah. disagree, and they've never given out the number since. So right. you know, right. yeah. Um, um, and, and the the one other thing, you know, going back to Troy's Hall of Fame speech, right? Remember, Troy said that you know the the greatest compliment you could get as a Pittsburgh Steeler is having someone from the seventies say you could have played with us. Right. Yeah. Oh and, my God. You know, and, and uh, chill uh, moment, chill yeah. moment, man. And, and looking at, and, and I want to bring this full circle because we've been talking about it, right. That looking at the game on Saturday night against the Raiders, like, I don't want to say the only guy on that team because there's some young guys who could maybe, you know, have some potential to grow. I'm not going to say yeah. they're definitely going to get there, but like Cam Hayward is that dude. Like Cam Hayward gets it. Like Cam yeah. Hayward, I, I don't want to say he's the only guy on the team that understands the tradition and what it means to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and all that, but no, you he can gets say it that more. He gets it more than everybody else. Does. <laughs> yeah, I agree. No, you, you can, you say, can that. say that. I, I think. Yeah. I think. Well, I think Najee kind of gets it, and I think some of the young guys might, but not quite. But like, Cam, not to that degree. Not to that degree. When yeah. Cam's the only one on the team right now, uh, maybe Boswell, but Cam's the only one on the team that played with guys who won a Super Bowl, uh, other than Roethlisberger last right. year. Like Cam played with. You know, Cam played with Brett Kiesel. Cam played with James Ferrier. Cam played with 
uh, James Harrison and Lamar Amp. Woodley and Troy Polamalu and Casey Hampton and Aaron all those. Smith, like, Amp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Cam Cam gets it. And in those big moments in a big game like this where you're honoring your tradition as a team, those guys who get it show up and Cam showed up. Big and time. it was awesome to see. AFC um, Defensive Player of the Week. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Um, I would actually go as far as to say, I know his career is not over yet, but I would go as far as to say Cam Hayward is the best interior defensive lineman we've had since Joe Green. I wouldn't disagree. I don't, I don't think <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at Ryan's face. I mean, there have been other good players. Don't get me wrong. Aaron Smith Here's, was a really no, good no, no, player. No, no, no. Brett Keese was a really good player. You're not. You're but, not. You're not. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. I, I'm also saying that cam's position has also been hybrid because he was drafted as a defensive end yes and then he played interior so i'm not necessarily i'm not necessarily saying you're wrong but i do think that his position has adapted over the years okay and and i'm and i'm counting interior d line as the down three and a three four or the i get two inside guys in a four three so you know, not counting the edge rushers, basically. Everybody he, inside the edge rushers. He is an all-time stealer yeah. and is and, and, and I'll say this because I was fully prepared for them to lose on Saturday night, and I even predicted that. Um, I predicted a much higher scoring game for the Raiders, but then Derek Carr sold because he <laughs> plays in Vegas and he works for Vegas. But <laughs> but but if there was one person and i knew he would do it but if there was one person to, to set the example or just be the embody of the pittsburgh steelers it was cam hayward and he was yeah. honored you know he, he was honored with the uh, defensive player of the week for the afc and and i said that i might have said this last week maybe i don't i don't remember i was at a drunken stupor but he was like the only dude on that team that has played with greatness yeah and and that that's real like that is contagious and i just don't know if there's enough of cam left whether that's in the locker room or on the field to 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 sort of project that on the younger guys but again going back it was very cool for franco and his family to have that mm-hmm. moment and cam mm-hmm. hayward was absolutely a catalyst for that victory yeah no, i i totally agree and i i think that that comment Ian about uh cam in terms of you know how great he is on that line that 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 probably bears some conversation for another show because um you look at what he's been asked to do it's it's different than what Aaron Smith was asked to do Mm -hmm. um and and Casey Hampton some of those other guys I, I think that's a good topic uh uh going forward um I do want to get to. I mean, see some of the guys are talking about Matt Canada coming back. Will he not come back? And and I, oh man, I, I agree with what Chris said. If if they win these last two, it's it increases the odds. I still don't. I'm not willing to say he's back, but it definitely increases the odds. Ian, where where do you fall right now on it? You know. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and I made yeah. an off-the-cuff comment about it. And the more I think about it, the more this is going to sound ridiculous. The more I agree with myself <laughs> that I keep coming back to what I said that it's going to come down to Kenny Pickett. That if Kenny is yeah. the quarterback that you spent a first-round pick on 
feels comfortable and likes the way Matt Canada is taking the offense, then they're probably going to stick with him. If Kenny is like, hey, you got to get me a guy in here that like I can work with and that has a vision to grow the offense and can put more points on the board and plays to my strengths and doesn't mm-hmm. call the same six plays all the time, doesn't call the same like you know middle crossers route on third and long every single friggin' time. They're probably going to listen to Kenny, right? That they spent a first round pick on him. He's got his own office in the building, basically, to, to watch yeah. film, which don't get me wrong. I think that's a good thing that Kenny has a space to go watch film and, and all too. that, right? That, you know, I'm not saying he should be treated differently, but he is the quarterback. You spent a first round pick on him. Yep. And, and, and also thinking about Kenny Pickett's career at Pitt, he had what? four offensive coordinators in five years there like he knows what offensive coordinator turnover is like and that like maybe a different guy could help me out a little bit here you know um so i i that's what i keep going back to is that uh you know if if kenny wants him back he'll probably be back if kenny wants him gone he should be gone right but you know um and and i don't think kenny has the final say in it i i think you know the fact that Art's going to have to pay him whatever it is, $700,000 to mm-hmm. not coach here next year if they fire him. Um, that's a factor. The quality of talent out there for potential coordinator jobs is also a factor. I mean, Frank Reich is out there. Right. Um, you know, there might be some other guys out there too. Whether or not they would actually take a coordinator job remains to be seen. You know, is Frank Reich going to hold out for a head coaching job? Is like, uh, 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 fuck what's his name uh doug Peyton. peterson did oh, yeah yeah um you know so yeah, i don't know because well, I, I, um, when, when philly fired pearson i was like shit he's a good coach someone should go get him and he just took a year off and then came back and was a head coach so it, it really um, allowed him to kind of pick and he and he said hey give me the young stud quarterback and i uh, you know what jacksonville's not setting uh, the world on fire but my god they, you gotta like they might win that doing. division i mean they could win that division lawrence yeah. is playing really well yeah. Um, so there's something to, to be said for that. Uh, yeah. In, in, in that regard. So, I, so yeah, I think yeah. I, I, I think that's to me, that's the it's not the deciding factor, but it's probably the biggest factor was how Kenny feels about Matt. Was Canada. was that final play to Connor Hayward? Oh, my gosh. Matt yes. Canada's best call of the year. Or was it just executed so perfectly? I mean, I, I don't I'll, because a little of both happened. I'll, I'll tell you what, Pat Frymuth had a rough game blocking, but he sealed that edge. He did. And the stones on Matt Canada to call a jet sweep to a tight end that no one uh, in that no. situation was, you know, wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um and, and, I mean stunned. Hayward made a great run too. You know, he he got to the corner and that was just and stayed in bounds. He knew it was in bounds. Sometimes rookies, their their minds go to hell, and, and he that's did. true. He Although right even play. if he would have run out, it would have been fine. They they didn't yeah, have it, enough time right, to right. make a difference. But yeah, but still, um, no, you're right. It's uh, wow to to call that play in that situation. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Uh, Scarps, what do you think? Is Canada back. First of all, the Raiders' defense is trash, <laughs> and I'm not. I'm talking like paper trash bag like terrible so you're talking um, like paper trash bag that's already got several tears in it i mean like i'm talking like dumpster juice trash bag <laughs> it's just shit okay um I, listen 
I've been saying this for weeks now, months perhaps, and I'm just going to double down. Matt Canada is going to be back next year oh. and I'm fully prepping myself. And, I, and I've seen reports that he's not going to be back. And I hope that that's the case, but I would not be surprised that if he, that, that he's back. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they saw in him in the first place, but that leads me to believe that he's going to be back at least one more year. Has anyone with any legitimacy said that he's going to be back? I mean, I haven't seen the Schefters or any of those. I haven't before. seen that, but I have seen reports that, that they're referring to him in the past tense or whatever. And right. I, you know, I'm going to respect, I'm going to respect the reporters that reported that. Because yeah. I, I believe I believe in that shit. I believe in journalism. I believe in the people that still cover the team. They know better yep. than yep. than I do or we yep. do. Um, but I will say it would not surprise me if he was back. Yeah, and that, I, I I can see it. it and it if they did no. bring him back, and I want to I want to make this perfectly clear, it would not surprise me. However, if they did bring him back, that would be absolute fucking lunacy is that a word yes yes Yes, it is when i move you move just like that all right i'm just saying (laughs) uh uh, we got word today that uh it looks very much like lamar jackson will not be uh playing again this week so the steelers will uh if it comes to fruition they will have uh, uh played the ravens twice this year without lamar jackson which some would argue maybe that's not a good thing because we usually defend him fairly well. We couldn't um, defend Tyler Huntley last well, time. Well, right. Now we've got Tyler Huntley back. He left the last time we played him uh, with a concussion, and and yet we, we still couldn't win the ball game. So um, I, what do you guys think heading into this one? I'm not asking for predictions yet, but, I mean, to me this to me this is all about the running games. I, I think whoever can have any kind of effective, efficient running game is going to go a long way towards winning this one. And that's probably true of most games in the NFL. But when you look at the two defenses, the Ravens are, I think, second in the league against the run. The Steelers have quietly crept up to like seventh or eighth, I think. Um, you know, and part of that I would put on some of the coaches who completely ignore running backs uh, against us. But hey, do what you do. But I don't know. Ian, what do you think this week? Uh, yeah. So, you know, I think the last game really hinged on two plays, right? Yep. That it was the bad punt and then the big run by Dobbins were the, and they were back-to-back plays. They happened consecutively. They did. did. And, and other than that, you know, Baltimore didn't do a whole lot, but I think the, the question really becomes is, who's going to screw up more, right? You know, there's there's an old saying that the person who wins a game of chess is the person who makes the next to last mistake because the person who makes the last mistake loses. Loses. Um, and I, I feel like the Steelers just aren't good enough yet to play a flawless game where they don't make mistakes. Oh, I'd agree with that, yeah. And I think... Baltimore under Harbaugh, if anything, as much as I hate to say it, because I fucking hate the Ravens and I fucking hate Harbaugh, <laughs> is 
is that they they will come out with an attitude in this game. They beat us with Ryan Mallett at quarterback one year. I mean, yeah. he he coaches them up for these games, and um, you know they're going to come out and play with intensity, and we're going to have to match it. And you know, I I just feel like if if I had to pick one team to make a fatal mistake that would cost them the game. I would pick us 10 out of 10 times that I, I don't feel like the Ravens are going to make that fatal mistake that costs them the game that, you know, I think we can drive the ball on them. I don't know if I, and granted in the last game, right. Mitch, Mitch threw three picks, two of them in the red zone. Yeah. So like we can drive the ball on this team. It's just, you know, and Boswell missed a field goal, which could have been the difference. So, mm-hmm. and there was the, but but really to me that that whole game turned on the bad punt and the Dobbins run for four. No, I, I'm with it. So I I think our de- I think I think our defense can hold them to field goals. We can hold them to um you know to a limited number of touchdowns. The over under in this game is 35, which is like so low for an right. NFL game that it's crazy. But then you start thinking about it and you're like shit. Are these two teams capable of five touchdowns between them? Probably not. Like, right? these are, you know, uh, especially I mean, without Lamar, these are two anemic offenses, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the things we've seen in the NFL is that, you know, you can you can run the ball. Like the last game against the Ravens, what? They ran the ball for 200-some yards against us yeah. and scored 16 points. Like, right. if you hold someone to 16 points in the National Football League, you should – win those games almost every time should being the operative word but we don't have an offense that can score points either so that was a roundabout way of saying this is gonna be another low scoring game and right and you know i don't know they have the better kicker they have the better special teams they have the better punter they have the better kicker and if it comes down to that uh, and I, I do agree yeah. with Burner. Uh, I, I think Harvin's a super young man, but th- they've got to get somebody in there that is more consistent, more reliable. Um, I mean, he'll, he'll bang away three, four great punts, and all of a sudden he just hits a stinker. And, yeah. I mean, it's not like a 38-yarder. It's a 17-yarder. I mean, it's just bad. Uh, Scarps, you look like you had a few things to say there uh, in regards to the uh, Ravens this week. I've been drinking, but the point <laughs> being now here's a guy who's had now a here's a guy here's a guy that's had a couple yinglings from Pot yeah from, oh, from nice. PA. I got I got two left. Um, you know there's a, there's a there's there's a okay. As we all know, this game usually comes down to three points or less. Okay. Yeah. So I look at this game and I looked at the injury report today's. Injury reports today. <laughs> and one thing to me that stands out is Marcus Peters is out with a calf injury. Marcus Peters is a top cornerback in this league. Mm-hmm. However, the Ravens also get back Kevin Zeitler, who didn't play in the last game, who's a top right. guard in this league. So yeah. so you got your you got your evens, you know, whatever. Then I look at the Steelers report, they're pretty healthy. Um, the Ravens are not because Lamar isn't playing. Mm-hmm. Call me crazy, and I know it's I know this is gonna sound crazy, but I believe that Tyler Huntley is a better passer than Lamar. Ooh. And Lamar is a former 
MVP and the Ravens mm-hmm. in this offseason are going to have a huge decision to make. Do they want to offer this guy guaranteed money up to a certain extent, even though he's he's only played, what, 20 games out of the last 34 games? It's something like that. Over the past two seasons, he only played in 20 games over a potential whatever, 32, 34. Lamar's anyway. a free agent would be peak comedy, by the way. It would be amazing. Now, okay, I – I agree. I agree. But we're, we're shifting it towards the Ravens right now. But if I'm the Ravens, I need to weigh those options. I really do. Because I don't want to get into a situation like we have in Cleveland with a guy who is, here's a guy that's not very good for because <laughs> he hasn't played in two years and got $230 million. Imagine being shitty at your job. Right. All right. right. Not, not Imagine being shitty at your job. Actually, pardon me. Imagine being good to great at your job yeah. and then losing your job because uh, there's some legal actions that might have happened. A little bit. Uh, and someone gives you $230 million. And Guaranteed. When you, and when you come back to the job, you're a little bit rusty. So uh, here's a guy <laughs> that's taking a couple <laughs> years off. It sucks. Um, so anyway, getting back to this Ravens game. And we're not making predictions yet, but not yet. but um, if I'm very interested to see how the Steelers' rush defense approaches this game and handles this game, as opposed to a couple weeks ago, because if I'm the Ravens, especially with a healthier offensive line, I don't care if it's Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill. Tyler Huntley, Patrick Ricard, Kenyon Drake. Did I get every running back that they have? Give me one. I don't know. Whoever I, I else. I think so. Anthony I'm Brown. He's the their ball. backup quarterback. Anthony Brown, backup QB. Anthony Brown. And by the way, just remember this, Steelers fans. I'm just going to say this. When you see comfort and the defense is elite or great, they were on their own one-yard line, and they threw the ball, and they got three yards on it. And yeah, it amounted into a punt, but the point is, nobody's scared of this defense. Not right so now. you know what? The Raiders' offense and Derek Carr sold. He works in Vegas. He plays in Vegas. He gambles with Vegas. I'm not talking about Calvin Ridley. I'm talking about Derek Carr. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not making any assumptions. But the point is, if I'm the Ravens, I don't throw the ball at all. I run the ball the whole time. I I'm with you. I if I if I'm uh, uh, the OC, I'm doing the same thing. Hmm. Run, 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 baby. Um, maybe chuck one up once in a while. Uh, Ian, real quick, what are you drinking today? <laughs> All right, so I got to tell the story behind this drink. Oh, uh, here we go. Yeah. So uh, this is gonna this is gonna take me a while. So buckle up. Big Ben's burner asked what I'm drinking. So when I was in college. My fraternity in December every year had our winter formal that we called Prohibition on the first weekend of December to celebrate the repeal of Prohibition, right? You smart kids, you. Yes, us nerds, yes. Um, but uh, but we also, it was because it was the repeal of Prohibition, it was a no beer event. It was liquor only. So we would whip up this drink that we called Christmas Cheer um, that was basically, you know, you made it in a big Gatorade pitcher sure and it was you know a handle of vodka a handle a triple sack a, a you know a thing of peppermint schnapps a couple things of fresca and some grenadine right and it tasted like a candy cane 
Nebraska wow. underrated. Yeah. Wow. Um, so after I graduated and became more mature, I distilled it down. I distilled, yes, the, did. <laughs> I distilled the recipe down to a one glass size rather than having to, you know, dump a whole, you know, 1.5 liter bottle of vodka and triple sec and yeah. schnapps all together. Um, but it has a lot of alcohol and it's delicious. It tastes like candy cane. It's amazing. Unbelievable. That is a good story. That's a lot of, I'm impressed that you have all those ingredients in the house. Oh, yeah. I mean, I always keep vodka you need, triple sec you need for everything, for margaritas, for, you know, triple sec's great. I love triple sec. It's a fair um, point. And then, you know. You, it's a five-tool always... player of liquors. It is. It, it really is. And then, It's much better know. than double sec. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Uh... I'm a piece of shit. Not, as, not as good as the quadruple sec though. That was a Mitch Hedberg joke almost. Oh, I didn't. R.I.P. Mitch. Mitch yeah, is great. Oh, let's see this hotel. Let's name this hotel I've never heard of Boilo, George. I'm sorry. Let's name this hotel something tree. How about tree? No, double tree. Hell yeah. I had my heart set on quadruple tree when we were almost there. <laughs> Mitch was the best, man. Mitch Hedberg. Everybody oh, knows that the, third, the 14th floor is actually the 13th floor. Jump out the window. You will die earlier. <laughs> His delivery was just so good. He did. Like, he had a good, he, he did. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. Um, a couple things here before uh, we do get to predictions. And, of course, an appearance by uh, American Top 40's Casey Kasem. Um, <laughs> this is going to be really bad that I just love, for those listening. It's going to be really great. I, I, you know, you guys kind of mentioned this. I think this is going to come down, besides running games, going to come down to kickers. And I have very little confidence in Chris Boswell right now. Oh, still I, dead. I, I, well, I mean, he's missed. He missed two last week. Uh, he missed the one against the Ravens. Uh, you know, I. and it's hard when you're going up against Mr. Automatic. Now, granted, he had a couple misses after they played us, but he just doesn't miss against us. I mean, he's locked in all the time, and that's what that's what really worries me. So, um, in that regard, um, let me see. And then actually Bernard just asked a good question here, which I was going to, um, kind of allude to a little bit here. Yeah. De- definitely. Yes. But what I was going to ask too, is how important is his play this week? Because we really didn't see him against the Ravens other than for what a series and couple, yeah. you know, plays. Um, I, I mean, how big is this for him, Scarps? This is this is the welcome to the AFC North game, and that's no disrespect to Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Right. This is that welcome to the AFC North game. And before he left that game against the Ravens uh, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. he was running for his life. Yes. So we talked about this earlier. Is this a nausea game where this is why you drafted that guy? I would – do everything that I can to take the pressure off of Pickett. And Patrick Queen for the Ravens already said this week, it's going to be great to see what Kenny Pickett can do for a full game. And I don't think he necessarily said that to talk shit. I think he said that because he is actually interested in to see Kenny Pickett for a full game because he knows Kenny Pickett is predictable. And Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that right Mm -hmm. now because the Ravens in 2020, before the Steelers imploded, 
put out that blueprint to how to solve this fucking offense. And whether that was Randy at the time or it's Matt Canada now, it's the same shit, okay? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the point being is that whatever they can do to take the pressure off of Kenny Pickett, they need to do. So that being said, back to last week, does that instill any more confidence in Kenny Pickett? For me, no, it doesn't. And I will get to that in my America Top 40. (laughs) Oh, I need a little teaser there. Uh, Ian, what do you think? Yeah, so here's what I'll say is that I think with having a rookie quarterback, you know, you don't want to overemphasize every little thing they do, but you also want to see gradual, continual growth. And, you know, if you look at Kenny's stats from before the bye versus after the bye, he's gotten better. There's been improvement. It's it's not going to be like you flip a light switch overnight and it just clicks on and everything happens, right? Not every quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger that's going to come in and win 15 games in a row as a rookie, right? We were fucking spoiled with Ben. Um, And... You know, it's it's one of those things where for most rookie quarterbacks, you just got to look for those gradual improvement markers, but you want to see them to have continued success, right? Yeah. So, yes, having three game-winning drives this year for Kenny Pickett is a good thing, but you want to see him continue to be able to do it, right? Because the beginning of the year before the bye, he had a shot against Miami and didn't do it, yep. didn't get it done, yep. you know? This time, he needed a touchdown against the Raiders and got it done. So you could say, you know, didn't get it done, got it done. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get it done every time from now on. And actually, um, Scott Casimir on Twitter, who's a great follow, um, he tweeted out a while back – like some some stats on game winning drives and it's actually surprising kind of league wide like we think of oh Ben Roethlisberger was so clutch in his career i think he was like 45 or 48% on game winning drives and he was like has the third most game winning drives ever of any quarterback that like getting to around 50% on game winning drives is actually could like it you know aaron Rodgers is quote-unquote bad and he's at like 30 percent or something mm-hmm. like that um but you know he I, I know the last year ben roethlisberger had a lot of chances for game-winning drives and converted almost all of them yeah um but that's a, a rarity normally over a career like 40 plus percent is really good in game-winning drive situations so is Kenny going to get it done all the time? No. And, and that's just life in the NFL. Tom Brady doesn't get it done every time. And Peyton no. Manning didn't get it yeah. done every time. The, and I'm not the, saying Kenny is those guys, yeah. but you just want to see when he has those chances in the big situations to continue to make big plays and get things done, you want to see him yeah. use it as a building block to move forward. Yeah. So a roundabout way of answering, answering Berner's question it was a good building block. It was encouraging to see that he improved upon the performance from the Miami game earlier this year. Yes. But I don't know if I'd say it gives me confidence. I'd say it's a building block towards confidence. And I'll be blunt. If, if he plays decently, I don't need, he doesn't need to be perfect, but if he plays decently and leads this team to a win in Baltimore, then I'll be impressed. You know, I'll be more impressed. There's no doubt about it. That doesn't mean I'm uh, uh, going to be looking for Super Bowl tickets next year by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it, but it's not an easy place to play. It's as Scarps alluded to. This is really his first test of AFC North football, 
Um, when you go on the road in Baltimore, um, it's it's tough, man. Harbaugh's not going to make it easy on you, and and uh, so and he, yeah, I'll, and, I'll come away with that. And he got it. He got it at home against the Bengals, but I don't necessarily know if he was no. ready for that. Yeah, and going on the road in the division is different. This is yeah, his first yeah, division, like, totally road. different. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it's to, yes, it's it's yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Before we get to uh, Casey Kasem, we're going to do some predictions. Um, and then after Casey Kasem, we'll do, uh, we'll each come up with our New Year's resolution uh, for the Steelers uh, for 2023, since, you know, it is New Year's. So, um, Scarps, I'll have you go first uh, so you can get warmed up for Casey Kasem. Ah, fuck. <laughs> Is Ben still watching? Um, Who knows? Yeah, yeah. You know what? For those out there watching, yeah, I did pick against the Steelers last week, and I know it was, you know, I did too. Franco I did too. I know it was after days Franco passed, rest in peace, and the Steelers were retiring his jersey. And up until 58-30, uh, <laughs> my prediction was looking good. But anyway, um, same. It's just really hard. It is just very, very hard to pick the Steelers for the rest of the season. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe next week at home against the Browns is different, but this week, and I know Steelers fans are going to get mad about this, but like John Harbaugh is just as good a coach as Mike Tomlin is, if not slightly better. Okay. And that being said, it's going to be another three point game or less. <laughs> And absolutely agree. It'll come down to Justin Tucker. He is he is that X factor. Yeah. Everywhere and always. And I'm gonna go with the Ravens 20 to 17. It's either 23-20 or 20-17 in every one of these games. It's been a very common 20 to 17 score. Ravens. Yeah, yeah. Ian, uh, what do you think? Yeah, so Ryan's betting the over on the uh, the thirty five and a half here. Oh my game. god! Low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. yeah, and and the Steelers. I think other than the Bungles game, have not gone over uh, much at all this year. Um, that said, you know we have a little bit of a warm front moving through the East Coast here. Uh, yes, so. You know that that may may make it not. Here's Claude. All right, relax <laughs> over there. <laughs> He's pounding those yinglings, Claude. Yeah, I mean Sunday, Sunday in Sunday in 50 Baltimore. degrees and, and partly cloudy at kick. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's sixty and sunny during the day, so fifty yeah. and cloudy at kick. Um, you know, I and here's the thing. I I I gotta agree with Ryan that I just have a hard time picturing this team with a rookie quarterback going into Baltimore and winning. And and like I said earlier, that you know if I had to pick a team that would make you know the the disastrous, deadly game costing mistake, it wouldn't be Baltimore. And you know this penultimate game of the season. There's a SAT word for you. Big time word right there. It's my, yeah, it's my second favorite word. Haha. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, 
this next to last game of the season has kind of always been one that the Steelers just land flat on their face on. You know, a couple of years ago, we needed to go into New York and beat a terrible Jets team to make the playoffs, and we didn't do it. Nope. Um, there was a game against Baltimore where we had to go in and beat Ryan Mallett to make the playoffs, and we didn't do it. Um, you know, it's just we got help the following week that year, but yeah, we, you're right. We, we right. did. We got help. You're you're right. We got help the following week, but uh, nevertheless, you know, um, yeah, I I just feel like this this next to last game of the season when there's like a slight hope that we might make the playoffs, but we probably won't. But we need some help. But we need to take care of our own business first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just feel like this is a recipe for us coming out flat for some reason. And I know we always show up in primetime games and now it's a primetime game. Yes, it is. Um, I mean, I think we can do enough on defense to slow them down. I'm just here. Here's where I am. I don't know if we're good enough to score more than one touchdown. And I think we can hold Baltimore to one or two touchdowns. I don't think Baltimore scores three touchdowns against us. But I think they have the advantage at kicker also. So, I mean, I'm kind of leaning like Baltimore, like 19 to 16 kind of, in that okay. kind of range or Baltimore 16, 13, somewhere, somewhere in that like dogfight kind of game that we're in it, but not quite in it. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I think, you know, Baltimore is in the postseason, postseason, yeah. excuse me, but a win sets up a showdown for them against the Bengals. The following week, winner takes a division, assuming that uh, Cincinnati uh, beats Buffalo, which is no easy assumption. But I, I actually, I still think the winner would be the division champ. Um, so they're, they're, they're still playing for a lot. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think the prime time thing is a, a factor, but I also think we expended a lot of energy last week, uh, dealing with, uh, uh, the Franco stuff coming back in that game. And, and, and I, 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 Ian, I think your point about who do I think makes the mistake? I, I, I tend to think it's us and especially special teams. I, I just have not been crazy about it. Marcus Allen, who is one of Danny Smith's favorite special teams guys, he's now out for the season. Um, it's it's one guy, but you know, so I, I'm the addition go, by subtraction after it, it could be. Game. I'm hopeful that it is. Um, I'm gonna go 19-13 Ravens. Um, I, I just don't think we can score. I, I think they'll be able we're to all haters. Goals. Well, I, I'm just trying to be as realistic as I can, and um, I, I just, I mean, I, I love to think otherwise, but I just, I can't go there. Uh, is Casey Kasem in the building? Yeah, he's here. Um, All right. Casey, welcome back, as always. Hey. Yeah, hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to the week that was December 30th, 1970. Ever since I was a young boy, I've played the football. From Shaler down to Brentwood, I must have played them all. But I've seen many like him in many amusement halls. The Steelers' first-round pick sure plays an average football. How do you think he does it? I don't know. What makes him so mediocre? Casey, happy New Year to you. 
As you can see, I'm back in full swing doing parodies of the Who's Pinball Wizard. Kudos <laughs> to Kenny Pickett for capping off a game-winning touchdown drive to George Pickens on what was a special night as the Steelers honored Franco Harris after he passed. It's almost as if fans forget <laughs> what led to that game-winning touchdown drive. I'm talking about the horrible, horrible offense from the Steelers against a Raiders defense that's absolutely horrific. Do not kid yourselves. The Raiders' defense is garbage, but it's okay, Casey. Kenny gets the benefit of the doubt every time he can do no wrong. <laughs> Here are some stats based on quarterbacks that have thrown 300 passes this season. Pickett is last in touchdown passes and touchdown percentage. That's clearly Matt Canada's fault, even though Matt Canada does not actually throw the football. Last in passer rating. Clearly his wide receivers drop the ball, even though Kenny misses wide open receivers every time. Second to last in passing yards per game. Clearly, that's Kevin Gilbride's fault. <laughs> Hang on. I'm being told he hasn't been the offensive coordinator since 2000. Casey, <laughs> any picket criticism comes with a laundry list of excuses on his behalf. You all told me that he was ready for the challenge. You all told me that Mitch was the holding the offense back. You all told me that it was Canada's fault, which Kenny, what's. Sorry, Casey, I've been drinking. Once Kenny took the helm, you told me that Kenny would light it up. Casey, you either have it or you don't, and I'm leaning towards the latter. No matter what, I'll always root for the kid. Hang on, Casey. I'm told he's almost 30 years old. He's not a kid. Anyways, no matter what, I'll root for the Steelers. Well, Ryan, you're in luck. No matter what, by bad finger... Is number 13 this week. Knock down the old gray wall. Kenny plays average football. Nothing to say. Nothing to see. Nothing to do. Never in my life did I think in 300 episodes of this podcast I would hear about the band Badfinger. Wow. Wow. Ryan, wow. That was so good. Another is also small fingers. Bad fingers, small fingers. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, oh now, man, touchdown, Tennessee. Go now, what if I told um, now th this group that calls themselves PFF apparently claims that Kenny has been the third best quarterback over the last several weeks in, in, in pro football? The same Steelers fans <laughs> that are that are just obsessed over that stat are the same ones that shit on PFF when they say Minka or TJ has a bad game. Uh, no question, right. You either like them or you don't. You can't pick and choose, people. I'm sorry. It's that simple. PFF uh, sucks, period. Yes, it does. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, resolutions. Happy New Year to everybody, first of all. Um, we're, we're very, very close to that now. Um, if, if you guys had one New Year's resolution for the Pittsburgh Steelers of 2023. Just one? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. One, throw in an extra maybe if you'd like. Okay. Here's a guy that has to take a piss. I'll be right back. Here's a guy. Okay. Uh, Here's then, a guy. Then. I'm going to slide in. I'm going to slide uh, Yeah, slide out and slide in. Uh, and right. so what is uh, – you, you You thought of this, so I'm going to start. Yeah, so first off, Happy New Year, everyone. Party safe tomorrow night. Um, uh, yeah, my, my – biggest new year's resolution would be to draft some fucking offensive linemen um and you know especially re rebuild the whole left side of the line yeah. like i'll say 
Mason Cole has been better than I thought he would be. I, I, I think he's acceptable. Um, you know, Chooks is not great, but acceptable at right tackle. And James Daniels has been solid. Um, so I feel like the right side of the line's okay, but between Dan Moore and Kevin Dotson, they're just a disaster on the left side and they both need replaced. Um, they can't handle stunts. The communication is terrible. And like, these are guys that have played together before too. It's right. not like they haven't played together before this year, right. but it's just the, the left side is bad. We need a tackle and a guard there. So if I could have one new year's resolution for this team, it would be to improve the offensive line. And there's no way I could possibly disagree with that. I mean, um, if, if I could really have a resolution, I'd say improve both lines because the D line needs improvement too. If I had to pick just one, it would be the offensive line. Yeah, I no, I can't disagree at all. Um, I, I would go with my resolution this year would be for Mike Tomlin to finally, and this is probably going to hurt Scarbs, to finally cut loose Danny Bubblegum Smith. Uh, it, it, it's time. It's it just time. Uh, I, I'm tired of the gum chewing and the smacking and everything else. That's so. That's just one part of it. Uh, I, I'm just tired of seeing uh, return guys uh, get way too many yards. Uh, I'm tired of seeing punters. Uh, I, I know Danny isn't kicking the ball for these guys, but for God's sakes, can we stop picking punters that can't kick the ball consistently? So that would be my resolution. Um, Ryan, welcome back. Nice slide in there. Uh, now here's a guy. Uh, what hey, would be? Mike. What hey, would Mike, be your? Uh, <laughs> oh, Ben apparently still is here. What did he say? These guys are dicks. Whatever they pick, go the other way. Well, maybe that's why we do it. Uh, got a resolution, Skirts? Yeah, you know, my my New Year's resolution for 2023 is that the Steelers uh, act overall like it's 2023. It's not 1973 or 83 or 93 or 2003, which is when they had their last losing season. Um whether they choose to accept it or not, the game is evolving. You need to have people in place that study the analytics. You need to have people in place that look at challengeable plays. You need to have people in place that put you in the best position to succeed. I tweeted this a couple weeks ago that the 49ers are in much better shape than the Steelers right now. And I was told that they only have five Super Bowls. The Steelers have six Super Bowls. Oh, they sucked ass for a couple of years, which got them their picks. I don't give a shit. What it takes. They've been to the Super Bowl more recently than we have. Yes. I don't give a shit what it takes to get to that place. Look at the 49ers from 2012 to now. They've been in five conference championship games. How many conference championship games have the Steelers been in since 2012? One. And I was there and I texted Jess, we're going to the Super Bowl, which is the biggest lie I've ever said in my life. Okay. So the point is hell yeah, big bad burner. Congrats on your fucking. Your child, you have a son, I believe. Oh, good for him. I have a son in April. We're going to break bread together. We're going to talk about how the Steelers are once again amazing, hopefully, in the future. But anyway, my point is the Steelers need to get with the times. And those people tweeting at me that I'm full of shit or whatever because – 
they don't think the 49ers are in a better position to contend right now are stuck in the past, which is where the Steelers are right now. A lot so of people please are. evolve and move forward. I'm not saying fire Tomlin. I'm not saying fire everyone. I'm saying just be open and honest and transparent and not scoff every time you're asked about forward thinking and progressive strategies. I rest my case, Your Honor. <laughs> Well, to quote the great uh, Vincent Gambino in uh, My Cousin Vince, <laughs> yes. yeah, everything that guy just said yeah. is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Buick Skylark. <laughs> what a great movie. Uh, so, a, it was a Pontiac uh, Campus. One of the two. Yeah, it's, a, it's good stuff. Uh, Ian, I know you had one more. I'm going to let you do that, and then we're getting out of here. So oh, what, my what, other one was going to be to actually like build a, a – Hire coordinators on both sides of the ball yeah. that could actually play to your players' strengths, right? That you know, on both offense and defense, you know, six it kind of builds off what Ryan said. Successful teams around the league figure out what their players do well and call plays, design plays, run plays that work to their strengths. They don't force their players to be like, Oh, well, you're good at this thing. Hey, Benny Snow, you're good at running up the middle, but you know what? This play we have called, you're going to run out for a swing pass and we're going to throw you the ball. That sounds like a great fucking idea, you know, or uh, sneaky. Yeah, yeah. Or or, or whatever we're doing on defense. We're, we're going to sign a bunch of, you know, press man corners and play a bunch of zone defense. That's a genius <laughs> idea. Um, so <laughs> so so my other New Year's resolution for the Steelers would be for the coordinators on both sides of the ball to actually like design schemes that play to the strengths of the players that they have. Love it. Yes. Love it. Yeah. And, or to, uh, or if the coordinators they have in place can't do that, go out and find coordinators. Go out and find that somebody that can. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, thanks everybody for jumping on tonight. I know it was Friday, but I knew you assholes would all be home anyway. Um, and uh, again, thank you for those that have listened for, many of these years 300 episodes now i i am truly amazed and stunned and uh yeah i just can't believe we've done that many but uh anyway big game this week and uh you know what i i i sure hope i'm wrong once again i'll i'll take it and uh hopefully ben is enjoying his evening he should be back next week i think so but uh yeah you never know and happy birthday to ellie one of these days she's going to get back on the show with us she's she just she feels so far out of the loop she doesn't want to say anything wrong but she knows she's always welcome here so um anyway for uh scarps and for ian this is steel dad signing off on the scb steelers podcast presented by deck roofing incorporated of south florida and hey go steelers and no matter what happens this weekend, the Ravens suck. Amen. I love you, Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Mason.